one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. This episode is one of our deep dives, and this episode we're going to be deep diving into a very important scene from Return of the Jedi, one that we've loved since we were young children, and one that we continue to love as uh, we are not. I am Joseph Scrimshaw. I am Ken Napsok, young at heart, not in the lower back. I am excited for this one. You're so right. I'm going to apologize up top. Uh, I have just loved this scene since I was seven years old. A young little Kenny just was drawn in by a scene that I didn't yet fully even understand. And I'm happy to be talking about it today. 
Yeah, yeah. It is a, it's a scene that can be enjoyed from youth or with, you know, uh, two people with uh, sore backs talking about it for a long time, which is what we're going to do. Uh, but first, uh, we want to tell you that uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this week, we're recommending The Rise of Skywalker novelization. A bunch of great insights in that novel. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audio book all right we're gonna dig in uh we've been having a lot of fun these last several months we try to do one uh, about every month sometimes we miss a month but really dive into a scene we've been calling them scene by scene uh we have discussed the list is getting long ken Uh, Mm. ray's cave of mirrors dooku's cell of half truths palpatine's (laughs) box of lies obi-wan's hut of exposition Palpatine's lab of horrors, and now from Return of the Jedi, we are tackling Luke Invader's walkway of doubt, all the way from an establishing exterior shot to a pensive Vader staring out at the forest. It's about three and a half minutes of a just frank conversation and dashed hopes between father and son. It is a hell of a scene. <laughs> it is the Star Wars equivalent of Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. <laughs> it really is. I, I was watching it with uh, with fresh eyes. I've watched it through many eyes, but I watched it with fresh eyes and just how much it is almost like this is a, a stumbling attempt at uh, father son talking through their feelings counseling with uh with some success we'll find out as we dig in uh dig in you talked about uh liking it uh from your youth um so you've always enjoyed this scene uh, i want to talk through how it's changed because this is a scene that you know has absolute just kind of I think a, a, emotional power. You don't have to sit and analyze every line and connect it to lots of you know Star Wars themes like we're going to do. But you don't have to, right? You can just feel its power uh, intuitively, uh, even when you're young. But then it's got lines that are like, "Are we going to see that in the prequels?" But then the prequels come out, and it's like, "Does it line up?" And now we're talking about the scene partially because now it's got some prospects for future Star Wars storytelling with the Obi Wan television show. So. How much has it changed for you over the years? I, in one way, it's not changed at all. And, and in the other way, it's it's just, it's dramatically changed because uh, some of the reads of, of the lines, I, I just take differently now. And, and some of that's in part to the ongoing, growing Star Wars story. And other parts of it is just kind of being at the right age or the right experiences to understand the scene in a different way. So, uh, but, but going back to seeing it as a, as a kid in the theater, fascinated by the hero turning himself in, that didn't seem right. Why would you do that? Go fight, go fight, go fight. And obsessed with the little details I'll talk about of just things we get to see at the inside of the empire. So I view it. So from there to now, there's so much in the scene I love. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think for me, when I was a kid too, I think I've uh, talked about before in, in those that time to speculate between Empire and Return of the Jedi. The only question was, could Luke become strong enough to kill Vader? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, uh, the message of the film was one that uh, violent young Joseph apparently needed. Uh, in it, this was a part of that of like, what Luke's not gonna fight? He's gonna hand himself in, but he seems so. Strong and in control, that uh, mesmerized me as a kid. And always, 
always uh, the lightsaber ignition. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about it, of course, in detail. But the 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 putting his back to Vader and Vader turns on the lightsaber. I think it scared me uh, as a kid, yeah. and it has uh, fascinated me. And uh, for a while, it uh, the uh, you have constructed a new lightsaber. Uh, your powers are complete. Uh, became a joke with some sketch comedy friends. That that that's how. Uh, I would describe uh, being ready for a show when we would get like the the call from the stage manager. And say, I have constructed my new lightsaber. My powers are complete. Was just like I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, so it got into my head in lots of different ways over time, and I think it just becomes a more and more rich scene. It is so generational. It's a, it's about so many Star Wars themes. It's about uh, the power of a name. It's about destiny and choice and fear versus hope it's just it's such a great distillation of a lot of star wars ideas while also being this very important specific moment between these specific characters mm. Mm, yeah i mean so, as we're talking and, and you i'm even jotting down notes and uh you mentioned the weight between empire and jedi we we talked before you you were you're slightly a uh, you know, a few, just a, a scant few months ahead of me, but that's a lot of brain power at seven. <laughs> <In the eight. laughs> um, going from Empire with the last time we see them, they're fighting, they're screaming, big revelations, hands being lost, waiting and, and thinking like, when are we going to see them together? Did this grab you even then of this is the first time since then that they're together and it's not a fight. It is a submission. It is, it is a conversation. Yeah. Uh, how did that make you feel? Yeah, I, I think it didn't quite grab me on on that level because I wasn't quite ready, like able to to think about it from that perspective. It, you know, it was much more, I think, about still wanting Luke to be the warrior, but then being fascinated that, that he had a different approach on that. Uh, but I, I think that part of it was when I was young, I was even then I was aware that sometimes Star Wars made sort of like a complete sense. And then other times it seemed like, oh, it's it's it says that the Empire is being led by Luke or the the rebellion is being led by Luke. But eh, that's only kind of true. I remember being fascinated in that way by Vader acknowledging the lightsaber because those kind of details sometimes, particularly in the original trilogy, the characters do or don't acknowledge, you know. Yeah. Uh, So I remember just really being like fascinated by the fact that Vader acknowledge the lightsaber because it kind of acknowledged like yeah yeah i remember i I cut off your hand (laughs) and uh in my lightsaber your lightsaber uh fell in a hole so you had to build a new one uh you know to have that kind of acknowledged was this uh level of um of the same thing that i was fascinated with in the real world of luke's got a new lightsaber to have vader sort of acknowledge that was really fascinating uh Mm. and now when i look at the scene again is an adult. I'm really, really uh, appreciating it from the perspective of they're definitely talking about what the other is going to do next. But so much of it is about Bespin coping about mm. why, why they did or did not make choices and what, you know, did or did not happen uh, uh, on Bespin it is really fascinating to watch this scene is just like, um, I understand we had a conflict. We're a family. Let's talk through it. <laughs> Father to son, how did you feel about the fight where I cut off your hand? You know, uh, there's a lot of that undercurrent in here. Yeah, that's been coping. That's a that's a that's a, a great joke uh, and a great reference, but a very powerful uh, thesis statement for this conversation. 
<laughs> yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into Bespin coping. We always like to start these scene by scene discussions of looking a little bit about where the characters are at as the scene begins. Uh, there's a lot going on here, so I'm going to try to read through these thoughts uh, quickly. We'll start with Luke. So Luke has gone on this very specific journey, I think, of uh, fulfilling promises in Return of the Jedi. Uh, he has gone and rescued his friend Han Solo. This is a, a triumph of compassion. It is uh, jokingly referenced, but it's true that he's kind of paying Han back for the times that Han has uh, rescued him. He is returning the, the favor. It is a, is a triumph of compassion and, and attachment and connection between Luke and Han. Uh, then Luke returns to Dagobah to complete his Jedi training, as he promised only to uh, immediately lose Yoda. That's a, that's a check in the negative uh, part of attachment, to lose someone like that. Uh, he gains insight and a warning from Obi-Wan that Leia is his sister and that that connection can be used against him. Uh, according to Yoda, uh, the next promise that Luke needs to fulfill is facing his father to attain the rank of Jedi. According to Obi-Wan, he's given the more pointed assignment that his father Anakin is gone and the Sith Lord Darth Vader must be killed. Uh, Luke kind of just goes on and tries to use his Jedi powers to kind of be a, a, a soldier, a warrior for the rebellion. But his father can sense his presence, so that attachment is powerfully there. And Luke decides to face him and attempt to turn him back to the light. What do you think Luke is feeling as this scene begins? He's got all these different ideas of. Uh, he's been given a mission from Yoda to ambiguously uh, cross into being a Jedi, face the trial by facing his father. Uh, Obi-Wan has said he needs to die. He's got Leia on, on his mind. He's got Han on his mind. Is he feeling hope, fear, mastery, confusion? Where do you think Luke's head is at as this scene begins? I think I think hope is there. I think he wants to cling to hope. But it's always been fascinating to me that I, I also feel there's... I'm going to my death one way or another. I'm dying here because we're taking that thing out. You know, if, if, if he's believing in his heart, hey, you know, he's taking me up to Palpatine's office. Uh, that's the idea. Right. And, and not that it's just a distraction. Now I think it's funny as a, as a, as a kid, I focused a lot on, Oh, Luke's going to distract him. That's great. That's <laughs> probably part of it. But you know what I mean? Like when you, when you watch this thing, there, there's, there's a whole lot of sadness. There's a strong undercurrent from Luke for me for me but it's all wrapped up in this I just have to believe I just it's almost if this movie was written now he'd be like redemptions are built on hope because I heard rebellions are built on hope and we can make a joke about that but you know what I mean like hope is there he's trying to cling to it he's trying to get to the morning but it's daunting and I think in his heart he feels this is a a, a do or die and and probably gonna die it's, it's something I always have taken from this yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I think he definitely has has hope. I think he starts a scene uh, with a fair amount of hope. I think this is a, a scene where he is he is demonstrating what he has learned, and he I think is trying to embrace some of his teachings and some of the things he's heard. We we talk a lot about uh, how people keep telling other characters in Star Wars, Luke in particular, uh, what his destiny is, and I think this is one of those moments where he finally gets like, oh, I can't avoid facing my father um mm -hmm. literally uh he's he senses my presence we are connected Th there's no way to meet for me to move forward in my own life in my own journey without mm -hmm. confronting him my destiny is not to do any one specific thing my destiny is to you know deal with this this mm -hmm. trauma deal with this 
a battle that I thought was a physical fight when I went to Bespin. I now understand it's an emotional fight and I can't avoid facing that literally. I think there's also this element of, of there's so much of Bespin that he's learned from and he's not going to do again. Right. Um, Bespin happened because Vader got a hold of Han and Leia and tortured them to bring Luke there. And Luke's like, I'll go to him and keep him away from you. And I have this great big hope that what I've sensed is correct, that there is, that there's good in him. There's light in him. Obviously he says that explicitly to Leia. I think he, he believes it. So I think he's got hope. Mm. I think he's got fear for his friends that he's, that he's trying to keep buried and I think the one of the really great things, and I think one of the one of the reasons that people gravitate toward Luke and Return of the Jedi of, yeah, he's got the great Jedi moments where he's powerful in the Force and that green lightsaber, he, he swings it and makes a difference and it's cool. But in scenes like this, again and again, he's like, it, you can see that he's learned, he has learned mastery and control and confidence. And I think that's what he is so showing Vader of like, yeah, last time I I walked into that uh, carbon freezing chamber, we, you know, I controlled my fear, but it was still there. This time, look, I came to you. I've accepted the truth. I want to talk to you. I'm not afraid of you. He is so projecting like, I am a calm Jedi who is ready for anything uh, and and have mastered my fear. I think Qui-Gon would be happy. And I, no, I'm glad that you said that. I, I do believe there's fear there and that's such a dangerous thing. And that's what's at, at risk. It's one of the stakes here, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's definitely there. And, and, and you can't, uh, the, the goal is to never to deny that the fear's there. It's, it's to control it or to, to not let it to control you, I guess, in a way. So I love what you're saying, because this goes back to the kind of the question I was asking here of, uh, you know, if you're expecting that, that green to ignite, uh, he he charges through the door. He's killed all the stormtroopers. He's killed the commander. Now he's fighting with Vader. Uh, that is one of those things. Like I'm I'm rooting for him to kill Vader in the throne room later on. You know, growing up, uh, and, and to see to compare it to Bespin coping and what he's learned now to confidently walk in here to face it is uh it, it, destiny comes into play a lot here. But just that's why I said submission it is a submission to the cause, the moment the right path that he's now learned. It is all those kind of things. And, and, and again, I, I still think there's party party part of him that's prepared to die. If, if he's not even, if he's thinking it might happen, maybe, maybe he's thinking it could happen. I don't know, but I, I, I love, uh, I love all you're saying there and, and a lot at play is Luke just simply walks up to the empire and says, hi, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I agree with you. I do think that there is that sort of selfless Jedi, I'm going to do the right thing no matter what. And if that means that I have to die, you know, to save my friends, certainly. And if I have to die simply to not choose the path of the dark side, so be it, you know, and that does uh, follow through. So then, of course, we've got the other person in the scene, Darth Vader. Uh, He has been obsessed with finding his son. He wanted his son to give in to the dark side, join him, and overthrow the Emperor. Following the tradition of the Sith, he makes that offer in Empire Strikes Back. But now he seems beaten down and more obedient uh, to Palpatine. Uh, Vader senses Luke's presence on Endor, and he informs Palpatine earlier in the movie. And Old Sheev says, Luke will come to Vader and that his compassion for you will be his undoing. Palpatine commands Vader to wait on the moon for Luke. So at that point, 
what is Vader thinking and feeling as Luke arrives, do you think? Does does he believe his son will come to him? Does he still have hope to overthrow Palpatine? What does Vader, what is he thinking? What does he want as this scene begins? Man, I could... Yeah. I, I, I love, by, by the way, folks, the scene by scenes, the reason I love it is uh, I love just crawling into corners and just kind of wondering what a fictional character is thinking. <laughs> Fascinates me. I was in, in, in getting ready for this. I think I did what you did, too. I ended up just watching Return of the Jedi right? <laughs> um, to get the whole feel. And I uh, connect that scene where he kind of goes up to Vader or goes up to Palpatine. Leaves the command ship. Palpatine told him to stay there, and is like, "Hey, my son's with him." And and Palpatine's like, "Ka, I don't think so. No, he's there. I know that. I have that connect." And that 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 things that play, that the 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 Vader Palpatine Cold War, as I always refer to it, I think that's carried carried into here where there is this the war has begun. Uh, the Anakin Vader war is just raging, and I read a lot of a lot of that into this scene where I think he's. Um, he knows this is supposed to happen. He believes this is supposed to happen. And, and the, the choice is looming. And I think that choice is causing great fear in him, great anger, great anxiety. And uh, that flicker of hope is there. I think that uh, we'll jump a little bit to that pensive stare out. I don't know. What, <laughs> what feeling. So I, that's what I think. I, I, I don't think it's one way. I don't think he's like, this now's my chance. I, I'm, I'm getting this kid and we're taking down Sheev. Um, I, I think it, it is one moment he's that way. The next moment he's like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, it's all kind of there. And I love, I love, um, I love the wrestling that's going on with, with Vader. Yeah. Yeah. It was so explicit in Empire Strikes Back of, you know, you know, he, he has foreseen that you can destroy him. Join me. We'll take him down. We'll rule the galaxy together. It's uh, Vader's, you know, his perspective is a little bit more crisp and clear and uh, traditionally Sith. Uh, and I love what's going on here because there is a range of Vader from the the you know, unmoving mask, you don't know what he's thinking to moments where he does seem uh, taunting and and uh, like scary old Vader in moments mm-hmm. where he is he is speaking much more softly and and almost feels a little broken. Um, so I know that there's a the, the Vader comic by Greg Pak. I've read the first five issues. Um, I know that seems to really kind of be, I think, dealing with some of these issues of what exactly did happen with Vader processing his encounter with Luke and his relationship with Palpatine. So I know I know we're kind of playing around with that in canon and that's out there. Uh, but I think we're also just having fun with looking at what's on the screen and, and wondering about that from our own uh, perspective, trying to get inside the helmet of Vader. But I think for me, and the, the way I've always felt it is, that he's just a little bit more locked in his dark side path that there's a little bit more fight in him in empire strikes back where he's like, yeah, no, let's get rid of Palpatine. And here something has changed that. Yeah. That war with Anakin is, is maybe on a little bit and maybe he's willing to be honest about that, but he's also pushing that away. We get that just in the actual things he says, but I think maybe the thing that feels different is he's, maybe gotten to that point where he is willing to admit to himself that he made a choice mm. to to give himself to the dark side and maybe for the first time ever he's allowing himself to regret that choice a little bit but he's not at the place yet where he feels like he can make a choice to step away from it yeah applause well said i love that idea 
of of one of the first times because I think he's scheming a little bit early on with Palpatine, right? Even though there's they're 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 fascinating. They're just the worst, you know, mentor mentee relationship, Boston Boston employee. They're just always jabbing each other. The Sith man. And I think, yeah, you're right. I like this. This is a quiet, this is such a quiet, reflective scene that the idea, the idea that he's just kind of like, yeah, that might've been wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, any kind of problem you have in, in real life where you, you have that point where you're just not, you're not able to even admit that you got anything bad going on with yourself. And then you get to that point where maybe you can like, yeah, no, I know, but I, I don't, I'm committed now. I don't see how I can do anything else. You know, and it, the dark side is this big romantic version of that. And I think he's trapped in that moment where he's accepted mm. that, yeah, maybe this isn't great, but I, I can't, I can't do anything about it. That's the nature of the thing that I committed to. I can't leave it. That's what it is. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they've got both got a lot going on in their heads, we believe. So let's go to the actual beginning of the scene. Uh, it begins with a long sequence of establishing shots. Uh, we see the partially completed Death Star 2, uh, and then we pan down to Vader's shuttle landing on the pad of the uh, shield generator bunker base. Uh, then we get to see the AT-AT, or the all-terrain armored transport, which is really fun to see in an actual different terrain since it's all-terrain. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is delivering Luke to the generator bunker base. Uh, Vader disembarks from the shuttle. We see lift doors open into the walkway, and Vader walks toward the door of the AT-AT, or AT-AT, uh, which opens, revealing Luke in binders surrounded by Imperials. Uh, there's a lot of fun in this, uh, but what does all this visual preamble do for the scene for you? This is, I'm, I'm literally, uh, my hands are rubbing together with excitement. This is... What grabbed me as a kid, because it's ominous, it's overwhelming. I was obsessed, sir, I say, obsessed <laughs> with the tiny glimpse that we got inside the ad -ad. I don't know why. I loved it. And I, to me, you know, when I saw Ray living in one, I was like, I imagined that that was a possibility inside of an ad <laughs> world. And I just, it, it, it's like you're seeing the inside of the empire. And Luke is really going to, and it's so big and it's overwhelming. And he's leaving his friends. We're up against this. It's a small band with this uh, uh, village of of Ewoks, uh, which, by the way, I love. Her. Not not too not too far before this scene, you know, we get the big, uh, you know, the Ewoks are going to help, and there's a there's a Luke steps out after he's kind of like, okay, okay, my friends got the help from these creatures that they need. I, I I think I can go do what I need to do. So I've this is part of what I've been obsessed with, Joseph. This this you're right, the Walker. Because I love the walkers as, as, as a kid on Hoth, and it's wow, and they're there. And what are they doing on Endor? How come we didn't see them in the final battle? I just used to daydream about that. And I was obsessed with the idea of Luke submitting to the Empire at the foot of a walker. Did he just walk up? I keep making that joke because I thought about it. And <laughs> how did he get up there? How did he get up there? But also, just like, is it, and, and I'm not comparing Luke Skywalker to Jesus, but is it, is it Jesus in the, was it the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Gethsemane just going, I, uh, Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. Um, this, this, what I feel might be a sacrifice or what I hope is for a good cause. Like, I, I got to imagine if he's like, I could just ignite my blade and I could cut down these Imperial troops right now, get in that walker and go destroy that. Like, I could do it all if I wanted to, right? I just did job as, uh, I did the same job as Hut to the Katana. I could do it here. I, I've just, I would love to see that moment in some, some, some other storytelling. Of Luke swallowing hard and going, I must, this is the path. 
um, I've got, the, I've, I've learned this, this isn't Bespin, but I probably, I'm better now. <laughs> Maybe I could strike it all down, but I'm going to submit myself to the empire here and it's all big and it's all giant. I've loved that little clip. We, we can do 40 minutes here of the yeah. walk going up. Yeah. That, yeah. I think you're saying some great stuff about, about Luke's, uh, what's going through Luke's head, you know, and I agree with you. I think it, it is so much about, uh, the different lessons he's learned about compassion, about, you know, the strength he's got from his connection to Han and Leia and seeing the Ewoks saying like, okay, they have, they have help, they have support, they have connection. And I need to, I need to follow through on my belief in that. I know Obi-Wan believes that, you know, my father is gone and he must be killed. Is Obi-Wan right? Or am I right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and that, that so much of this is about his connection to his father, but it is about his connection to Han and Leia too. And that's always what made me nervous in this moment too, of like, did you expose Han and Leia by, by doing this, you know, and we'll get into that, that dialogue. Um, I've always, I've always really loved this scene because it's just the, you know, it's the world building of really getting to see uh, the bunker and uh, seeing the, the Death Star two in the sky and the, the, the seeing the Walker and going, they really are all terrain. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, taking a big step back and just looking at kind of visually what it is outside of Star Wars really likes this to show, uh, you know, takeoffs and landings um it's this great picture of these these two uh humans these you know flowing organic um vader not as organic literally but these Mm -hmm. these flowing organic souls a a father and a son who have to have this sort of uh titanic conflict uh about what they're going to choose are they going to choose you know fear or hope uh are they going to choose light or dark uh but they're literally we literally get to see them trapped in the just the machinery of the empire to mm-hmm. bring these these two people together for a, this emotional conversation the way we get there is they it's just like a visual uh reminder that they are trapped in the machinery of this war and the machinery of the empire they can't just have a father and son conversation because they're trapped in this war mm. yeah and they they both have not just not just playing a bigger part, but there's real stakes, especially for Luke. I would say, uh, well, Vader too. It's his empire that he these these got uh, maybe to lose here. So yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. Just the 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 fun imagination of uh, w- what else is behind what door, and you know, is there a is there a bathroom in the ad at all that stuff? You know, is this scene really really uh, fires off? So uh, the dialogue begins, Lieutenant Igar who was uh, named uh, relatively recently, Lieutenant Igar uh, reports to Vader saying, uh, this is the rebel that surrendered to us, although he denies it. I believe there may be more of them, and I request permission to conduct a further search of the area. He was armed only with this, and he hands over Luke's lightsaber. Uh, to you, what is the power of he was armed only with this to you? It Number one might show how uh, little regard maybe just this particular Imperial has for a lightsaber, number one, right? <laughs> um, it's it's interesting to me because I think this is one you look back now and have fun adding to it. He is armed only with this, which we know means a lot, but also to Vader, uh, he, he can't just fall for that because uh, Luke is, <laughs> bear with me here, folks, Luke is armed with the power of love. <laughs> <laughs> and that's more terrifying to Vader than any weapon. So it's it's a highlight to me. There's a lot of ways you can take this, and I think this is not something I took at, at seven or eight, but just um, 
Um, no one's Vader's not going to uh, underestimate Luke in this moment like they have. Yeah, yeah, it is one of those things that draws that contrast between the Empire and the conversation that's actually happening between Luke and Vader of like he had this stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh no blaster, no thermal detonators, he had uh this magic stick and like it seems so there's something in the delivery it seems so meaningless to a uh, Lieutenant Igar and of course means uh so much to uh to Vader and I think in in terms of the film storytelling, you know, the the lightsaber becomes this powerful symbol of in a lot of different ways right in the beginning it is it is when he when he triumphantly catches it off the skiff it is the the sword of the night it is standing between his friends and and uh you know on on rightful death uh and he's the knight swinging swinging the sword but then it shifts into being this symbol of choosing a more violent path and it, it, it in this moment you know starts to put weight on the object is is holding that meaning for this movie um I also just really like it because it has a simple play with uh, Empire Strikes Back of, you know, in the cave, he's got his his uh, belt full of weapons. He's going to bring them all in. It's not just the lightsaber. It's the blasters, the whole belt full of tools. Um, and then, you know, one of my favorite shots in Empire is he gets into the carbon freezing chamber and he looks at his blaster and thinks uh, this this is uh, this is useless now and puts it away. And I think that the blaster has gone. He has, you know, unlearned what he had learned you know, his old ways, he is, he is so much more a pure Jedi. He's just a lightsaber and that's all he needs. Yeah. And I love you know, what you do in connecting it to Palpatine going, you want this, don't you? And this, the, the symbol, the symbol of what that means, uh, good and bad, that that's pretty powerful. And I like to hear me out. It connects a little bit to just that, like you, you did touch on it, but like the indifference of the empire to something like this. And it's a side note, but like Solo getting his name and you and I love that scene for a lot of reasons, but one of it is just like, I don't care, whatever, ragamuffin, get in here. And <laughs> it means everything to Han in that moment. I always say Alden just flashes the entire future of Han in that moment. He just goes, yes, this is his light speed. Here's my life with this name now, what it means to me. Uh, I really do love that. In a small way, this is kind of like, he's got this. Yeah, this is totally inessential and unimportant. I, I am only concerned with the reports that there are other rebels who probably have real weapons. <laughs> yes. Unlike whatever this guy has. Yeah, I would love to see uh, Lieutenant Igar and uh, Drod Mundren hanging out and sniffing and being just uh, dismissive of other people. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so then Vader responds to Igar and says, uh, good work, Commander. Leave us. Conduct your search and bring his companions to me. Uh now, at the beginning, Luke had looked uh, very calm, very uh, composed, and we get a flash of concern uh, from Luke in response to this. Is this the first seed of doubt, or or what do you think is going on in that moment where Luke shows that flash of concern? I think doubt, doubt in in doubt in the way of like, gosh, did I just 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 did I do right? Uh, you know, again, uh, this this is something I feel I needed to do, but my friends are there. I think they got the help, and that kind of doubt. I've always kind of read into that scene. I also love the idea of just like, because I don't think now, I don't think Luke would have been surprised of Vader figuring more things out. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. but I, I've always kind of read it too, of just like on the surface of like, uh, he denies it. And Luke's like, what, what, what? No, I'm alone. I'm alone. What are you talking about? <laughs> Vader just kind of sees through it and how that Luke is like, ah, I'm all right. I'm measuring up against this. Uh, you know, I got to bring all tools to the to the yard here because 
there ain't no fooling him. You know what I mean? I think it's deeper than that, everything, but I, it, it does play, play like that. And, and, and I do enjoy kind of rolling around in that, but I, I think, I, t- I think doubt in terms of, uh, he's just exposed, not just his friends, but the rebellion. Yeah. They're yeah. Exposed. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's that, that just that fear of having exposed them when I think he's definitely trying to get through to his father. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously he, you know, he explicitly says that to Leia, but I do think there is this part where he is also trying to protect them. I think this is another, you know, Bespin part two of I'm trying to keep them away from Vader. I think that's part of the reason that he, he has to leave is because Vader will sense him and he, he will bring Vader to them. And he was trying to avoid exactly this. So I think it's a great moment to just subtly uh, remind us of these themes of of attachment that Luke is truly afraid of of Vader getting his hands on on Han and Leia again. Mm-hmm. And there's that struggle to control his fear to to keep attachment as a strength. So I think there's that like just flash of fear of just like no 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 don't 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 get your hands on them again mm. and i also think there's that moment where it's like right uh this is going to be hard <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I believe there's good in him and i believe i can get, get through to him but right his first thought is go chase down his companions and I'll, I'll deal with them too like right away out of the bat it's like oh right right uh dad's got a temper uh and this yeah. is going to be a problem yeah and let's not forget he's he's burying the information of leia deep down they, clearly we know that's a factor in what's to come but all that there, the connections. But yeah, and also, yeah, get at the end of the day, like gulp. Right. Then that's a great point of really, truly not just for her general well-being, but now for this uh, heightened reason to keep yeah. Leia uh, away from Vader. It's great, great insight. Uh, so then we go on to uh, Igar leaves. And then we have just two generations of Skywalkers going on a walk and talk. Uh, Vader says the Emperor has been expecting you. And Luke calmly replies. I know, Father. Vader looks at Luke and says, so you have accepted the truth? Luke responds, I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. What do you think of this as Luke's sort of first rhetorical move? He is, in some ways, uh, making these uh, strong, calm, resolute Jedi statements, but he's also supporting the argument uh, that Obi-Wan has made to Luke that Vader and Anakin are two different people. So how do you unpack all that? lot to unpack take the shirts out first and i'll tell you i i really do <laughs> uh, believe uh in a weird way acknowledging what obi-wan said is is a key first step that uh you know again we're getting it's it's in the heady heady stuff here but just the idea that yeah 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 you you you've you have you have so separated yourself from what who anakin skywalker was that um I'm going to throw that in your face. I'm going to confront you with it and get you back to that. But, but it's, it's, it's that chess piece move to me of, uh, of, of acknowledging in a way what probably Vader feels, I think, uh, if that makes sense from Luke's point of view of just, let me just say, I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't want to try to say here, just like, yeah, Vader has always felt this. We know even now from extended modern Canon referring to him as the Jedi, the war going on. So, uh, Luke's like, yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, I accept, I've accepted it. You were once that guy. And I know, I know you, you view him as, as different, but I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to bring that guy back to you. And he, that guy's going to confront you almost. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think it's really great. I think uh, I think this is a moment that continues the uh, or kind of begins the Bespin dialogue of, mm. you know, when last uh, these two characters spoke, at least on screen. You know, I'm not all caught up on comic books. Um, when last they spoke, uh, Luke was saying, no, 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 that's impossible. You know, there's the, the force cuts back and forth where he says, you know, father at one point. But, you mm. know, that real cool. I know father. Like, I'm not screaming, no, no, that's impossible. Uh, so I think there's that moment where almost Vader feels like, uh, oh, okay, uh, you've you've accepted this truth. And I think oh, uh, I think Luke is kind of responding, like, in a very Obi-Wan way of, I've accepted the truth from a very specific point of view that what Obi-Wan told me, that, you know, my father was a good man and, and fell to the corruption of Vader. I feel I, I have accepted that that is true. And that you could be that guy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry as I think more about it too, just to trying to boil it down to a, a, an easier point to digest. Just it, if if Vader's saying, I am your father, Luke is now saying, No, you are not. Whatever this is, is not my father. It's Anakin. And yeah, like you could choose to be my father. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You remember Anakin, right? I'm gonna yeah. remember. Yeah. I think it is also just it's it, it, there's something about it that is uh, again kind of quintessentially Jedi of I have accepted this truth, but I'm really broadcasting to you. I haven't accepted it the way you think. You think if I admit that you're my father, that that means I will join you and we will rule the galaxy together. And I've accepted that you're my my father from this point of view. And I'm reminding you out of the gate, I am not here to join you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Luke uh, does succeed in getting a reaction. Uh, Vader stops, turns, points at Luke with his uh, own lightsaber hilt and says, that name no longer has any meaning for me. How do you interpret that? How does that uh, support the theme in Star Wars of names and identity being intertwined? Yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it's Vader. It's not just, it's not, obviously not just the name, but it's, it's trying to disassociate with that person that he, views as weak and flawed and troubled and led him to this prison. Vader's not happy, right? He's not happy in this prison. I don't know why growing up I thought he was, <laughs> uh, but he's not happy here. And so it's not just that I'm not that. Um, uh, he doesn't want to acknowledge it. He can't acknowledge it uh, because if he acknowledges it, he starts to slip. Vader starts to slip and and, and go. So it's a lot of anger in that to me. Um and it's a great moment. And, you know, we just lost David Prowse, but hey, just in terms of physicality, uh, the physicality of Vader in this moment, it, it's very clear. It's 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 very strong. And um, he's upset. And, and when, you know, Luke's trying to control his emotions, Jedi try to control their emotions, Qui-Gon, whether he lost the fight or not, is trying to follow his knees and just be in the moment and, and, and concentrate. And, and here's Luke trying to do that. And here's Here's Vader. He knows all that stuff. Deep down, he's learned all that too. But he, he to me, he's getting upset. He's upset. He can't yeah. have that. He cannot accept that. That is not, that is nothing. No, I am not that person. And then there's nothing about it. I need to separate. Because again, he's, I love, I think it is Zahn. I think Timothy Zahn, who, who calls, who uh, in, in the Thrawn books, uh, refers to him as the Jedi. Vader's, right, that's Vader's yeah. thoughts. Yeah. I've always liked that. Um, and that's kind of this moment. Yeah, I think that's a, a great choice uh, from uh, Timothy Zahn of, of building off this moment of that. If the name Anakin has no meaning for him and he doesn't even like thinking Anakin, but he has to, you know, tactically remember places he's been and things that have happened to him. So he remembers him as the Jedi. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I think that's a, it, it's a great, powerful moment. A good good call on complimenting David Prowse because it really does read like, uh, all right, you touched a nerve uh, successfully, Luke, right out of the gate. Um, and I, I think this is just one of the most powerful kind of straightforward um, moments in Star Wars that reminds us of this theme throughout that you can you, that we choose who we can be. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that we, we build identity and project identity is our name is what we tell other people our name are and kind of what what we believe we are based on that name right and to him anakin is this uh this fool who was too weak to take the power and do whatever he had to 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 uh, save the people he loved uh, and to just end the war fast and brutally the way he should have uh, back in the day so anakin is uh, weak and broken he's vader now uh that's really powerful and, you know, I just love that, that it kind of goes throughout Star Wars, this theme of being able to change your identity. And sometimes it's in a in a way that we, you know, uh, think that's not a great choice uh, mm-hmm. that y- you have rejected Anakin. And you're just Vader. And we, we get a lot of that with uh, Ben Solo versus Kylo Ren. You, we even get it in moments like uh, Obi-Wan becoming Ben. Is that, you know, him stripping uh, his his name? Uh, away because he you know hasn't earned it because it's you know it's not <laughs> not doing a ton of uh of work to actually cover his tracks if he still uh, refers to himself as kenobi as well um so i just really like it as a moment that really uh on screen crystallizes how important that names equal identity in star wars idea is mm, yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh so moving forward luke makes his big pitch he says, Anakin is the name of your true self. You've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. Uh, then Luke turns away as the Force theme softly plays. He puts his back to Vader and continues, That's why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. Why do you think Luke puts his back to Vader? How does that add strength to his argument? Uh, you know, in the first Young Guns, Billy the Kid turns his back on Pat Garrett and says, are we friends, Pat? And there's a pot. <laughs> that, that's, we're friends, Billy. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. But um, it, it makes it I, – I, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced Luke is 100% sure he's not going to be sliced in two right here. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a second. But I, it is – I think he really believes. I think, he, I think Luke has to believe that, and this is a way to maybe even prove it himself. He's just said something that – I believe is accurate. That's why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to Emperor now. Now that, you know, that's, that's maybe a bit of a play, but that's why you couldn't destroy me. Referring to Bespin, Bespin coping is true. And I think Luke for himself has to be like, if I turn my back and he cuts me down, there might've been no hope anyways. So let's just get over it. Let's just do that. I'm, I'm, this is, this is all about, um, a little bit submitting to the destiny, although you know you and I believe there's a lot of choices in the path of destiny. Um, so, but so that so it is. It's a hope. It's maybe a just a big blind hope, but it's a strong statement. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think that I have always loved it, and I think it, it just projects that lack of fear mm-hmm. of of Luke saying, "I I believe that there is absolutely good in you." And I will demonstrate how strongly I believe that by just turning my back on you, you, the, this galactic figure of utter terror. I'm entirely in your power. You have my weapon. 
my hands are in binders and I'm still not afraid of you because, you know, the most hurtful thing you can do to me is, is cut me down. And I, you know, and I'm not afraid of that or is he, uh, but just that really demonstrating that I, I have become a Jedi. I am not, you know, ruled by my fear or my aggression and it's, it's a power move, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, to put his, his back to him while saying these really challenging things to him. Uh, and, and I, I always like interpreting it as, you know, Luke wants to prove that he is right, that there is still good in his father and that what he sensed is true, uh, that Obi-Wan is wrong and that what he told Leia was right. You know, there's so much writing on this for Luke. And I think this scene is fascinating because, as we learn, you know, watching the movie, he's right. There is still good in Vader, but he's overplaying his hand. And and I think he truly believes it. Like, I don't think it's tactical. I really do think he comes in there hoping Mm -hmm. this is going to work. I've sensed good in him. He didn't kill me on Bespin because he he saw a son that he could truly love. uh, And I I can get him to just walk away from all this right now. Uh, and you know, the idea that he won't bring me, that you won't bring me to your emperor is over, overshooting. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that I, I choose that. I, I see it as Luke truly believes it, that Luke, Luke is so firm at first in his, his conviction that there is good in Vader mm-hmm. that, uh, he thinks that this will, this will be it. They'll walk away. And why not take that swing? <laughs> Come on, there's a they they they've got a stew and a and a barbecue going up at Bright Tree Village. Let's, let's <laughs> hop and take the ad at. We'll we'll throw those guys out and let's let's go on back. Let's win the day. Why yeah. not? Why not ask? Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this uh, exchange before we move on to the big moment? It, it, no, it is an emotional power move. I love that. Yeah. So then we get the lightsaber moment. Uh, one of my favorite lightsaber moments in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Vader ignites Luke's new green blade. Luke looks over his shoulder and Vader says, I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. He deignites the blade. The music swells. Then Vader turns away and says, indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about this uh, beat from a couple of different perspectives because there's a lot of fun Star Wars stuff going on. What do you think Vader is uh, communicating to Luke by igniting the blade? Why do you think he does that and, and does it work? Ooh, there's a lot there. Um, I think, again, not having spoken to Vader personally, I, 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 <laughs> I'll take a swing here. I think there's a couple of things of... of in a way, telling Luke his training is done is ins- it's fascinating to me. Of just like, yep, yep, you're you're done, you're ready. Uh, when a lot of people have been telling Luke, not ready are you? <laughs> you know, right? Uh, all through, not not just leading up to this moment. So I don't, I I like that too. Of just like a, a Vader going, oh, good job. You're, you the cooking is done. You are ready to help me take over the galaxy, which is why I love this. Indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. There is definitely a reaction from Luke to that. And I now definitely didn't think this in 83. I connect that a little bit, not, not necessarily directly, but we talk about the emotional uh, canon and the, the, the thematic uh, lore, all those kind of phrases we toss at everyone here at Force Center. This moment to the stuff Ray is feeling in Rise of Skywalker of when you 
are told you are attached to something so powerful and so evil that you you can't escape it. It is your destiny. And for uh, Vader to just be like, yeah, you were as powerful as the Emperor is foreseen, meaning you can't escape that. He, he wants you. He's going to get you. More of that comes later. But Luke, uh, Luke has the cave in his back of his mind. The Dagobah cave, right? Like, yeah. he saw his face beneath the mask. Learned later, specifically, that's my father. But beyond that, it is the, that that could be you. And then here's Vader saying, hey, I got a, I got a good retirement plan if you want to come in on this. <laughs> game, or, you know. So I, I, I think it's a chess move from Vader. I've always taken it as that. Yeah. Also, I think it's Vader, too, going, oh, you did this? Good job. All right. This is happening. You are as powerful. But I think it's a pushback on Luke. Of, oh, you think I'm good? <laughs> I know you're powerful and evil. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think uh, I think that it's always just affected me on the just nice, straightforward level that is so well played of Luke's made this power move to put his back to the arguably deadliest person in the galaxy. And then here's that lightsaber ignite and it has that look over his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 I think it is Vader trying to, he sees Luke's, you know, confidence in his mastery and his lack of fear. And it's Vader kind of pushing back and going, you should still be afraid of me, uh, kid. It, and there's this, there's this just great level of, uh, dark side manipulation. We, we talked about it when, when we've examined some of the Palpatine scenes where he kind of, gives a compliment and takes it away at the same time to really work on, on somebody's nerves. And I feel like this is what's going on with Vader. It is on one side, it is you turned your back on me. And remember the last time that we had an encounter, I beat the crap out of you and cut your hand off. And in fact, that's why you even have a new lightsaber is because I took your old one mm -hmm. and you're turning your back on me. You think I'm nothing to be afraid of. I'll push back on that. But then at the same time, it's almost like he's a proud father, right? Where he is oh, yeah. truly impressed of like, you are really powerful. You have, without any guidance uh, that Vader is aware of, you have completed all these tasks, you know, and, and you know, rebuilt yourself and, and you have the strength to turn your back on me. And I think there's, it's like on one hand, like very impressive also, mm -hmm you know, don't you challenge me. And it's kind of both at the same time. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I, yeah, as a kid too, I just, uh, you know, I just, the deignition of the blade was such a sigh of relief. Yeah. Well, and there's a big swell of music that's like, that is almost like this. It's this great. The big music releases the tension uh, in this strange way. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, we can, we can go down all sorts of, uh, of roads of depth, but I, I do think it is just, one of the most powerful moments because it does just have, it, it just distills, I think, what's going on in this scene of Luke is coming in here, uh, going way out on a limb with faith that the most evil man in the galaxy still has good in him. And this moment is the first moment where Luke and the audience, you know, get to really have fear and doubt that that's not going to work out because there is just that great visceral fear of, Oh, is he going to cut him down? Like, it, I think anybody sitting there going like, yeah, no, I don't think uh, Vader's going to cut Luke down at this point in the movie. And the end, right. you know, but it makes you feel it even after you watch the movie, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. 
that fear of that weapon igniting that you have willingly handed over uh, to a violent, dangerous person and, and suddenly having to go, oh, I may have made a horrible mistake. And just that little look over his shoulder is so great from Mark Hamill. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, and I, I love, too, that it's. A, I take a little bit of Vader going, oh, you thought you were going to confront me and save me. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're going up top. You're going to go meet my boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then, uh, just kind of having fun with, with Star Wars canon, why do you think constructing a lightsaber makes Luke's uh, skills complete in his dad's eyes? How, how does that show that he is so powerful? Yeah, I think back then it just it made it made sense on what it was on the surface, right? A Jedi and his weapon, and uh, you know we've already learned from Obi Wan and the Hut of Exposition what it means. It's powerful, but now in the extended canon, especially if you if you watch all these movies, maybe you saw the prequels first. This uh, uh, what comes to mind is Obi Wan telling Anakin, you know, this weapon is your life. It's everything, and I don't need to know about the gathering or kyber crystals at this point. Just from Vader's uh, eyes and, and as someone, you know, Vader's Anakin tinkled, tinkered in the garage and built his pod race and everything. There's that level of it too, even on a jokey level. But I think that lightsaber is such a symbol and Anakin knows what that means and, and uh, what, and, and, and what it represents, not just as a weapon, but just as the journey and and those skills you need, not anyone's going to construct a lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, especially in 1983, I think actually all the other canon that's developed around it has uh, has really supported it that, you know, they aren't an easy thing to construct. You need uh, the force. Uh, from Vader's perspective, I'm sure he's you know, at least partially wondering, like, well, where did he get the actual knowledge to do this? Um, so I think there is just the, that idea that it is impressive to make this one-of-a-kind weapon and that it is a sort of a leveling up from from Vader's perspective, I think, is uh, really powerful and interesting. And I, I, I've always loved that close up shot where he's just he's kind of turned around and it looks like he's actually looking at the, the craftsmanship. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And there's this part of like. Yeah, you, I took your blade from you, the one that I made, so I know what it takes to make these. And, and that didn't stop you. You just went and made another one and when he's looking at that craftsmanship this is you know uh you know not i think a super big thought of the creators when they made it but this is the one of those kind of moments where the movies exist and they're text and they can be read and not everything is about you know creator's intent it's about what's on the screen and how you receive it uh and for me from that point of view i just wonder how horrible vader is feeling knowing he took his old lightsaber away from Luke by cutting off his hand. Then Luke goes to build a new one and he basically built Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Yeah. And mm. we know from Vader's perspective that he, from the things he says in the, in the movies, it feels like he thinks that Obi-Wan really trained him. So like, I think looking at that, there's gotta be this like part of like, I was, you know, I was so afraid that Obi-Wan was moving in on, on Padme and jealous there. And then, Obi-Wan ended up being a father figure to my son so much that my son built a lightsaber that looked like his. Like, that's got to be some some bad emotions for Vader. 
<laughs> yeah, there's some there's some history there, right? Yeah, there's like yeah. a show's worth of history. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely some Obi Wan angst going on right there. Uh, that is a big moment as uh, as the blade gets turned out. Uh, turned off. Uh, So we're going to take a quick pause and then we'll be back to discuss the second half of the walkway of doubt. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And we are back to finish our discussion of Luke Invader's Walkway of Doubt. Uh, the visual positions are now reversed. Vader is now staring out uh, the walkway toward the forest, putting his back to Luke. Luke turns to him and says, come with me. Vader responds, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Let's look at both of those lines. So Vader had just said, indeed, you are as powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. So and Luke chooses to respond to this by saying, come with me. What do you think that means uh, from Luke? Do you think that he truly thought that that would work? And where would they go? Would they go back to the rebellion, away from the fight entirely? What did Luke mean by come with me? Let's go back to the lake on Naboo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, God, that's a good question. I don't know if he envisions uh, Vader in an X-Wing taking down the Death Star, you know what I mean? Or fighting along the Ewoks. But dear God, that's a visual I want in a piece of fan art now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I think it's, I think it's another shot that Luke's got to take. He's got, he can't stray from that. Um, but I don't think Luke, I think, I, I think Luke would um, try to recruit, not, not recruit into rebellion in, in, a, in an official capacity, but uh, hold on. I don't, it's like, because I, I, I don't know, wouldn't he be like, hey, let's go up and kill Palpatine? So maybe he does want to take a pause. I don't know, man. But I, 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 again, I think I just go to the idea of Luke has to, he has to take these shots of, I believe you're good. Let's, let's change the course here. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, a a a real power to it because of the uh, the Star Wars poetry, uh, and I'm not saying that to poke fun at the poetry thing. I, I think I understand why people poke fun at that George Lucas quote, but I, I think there's real power to it. Uh, you know, it, it is calling back to Vader, saying "Come with me," uh, and Vader's idea of of Luke coming with him is we will you know kill the Emperor and we'll rule the galaxy. Uh, obviously, it has um, a power to to Padme saying that. Uh, to young Vader saying just let's let's just walk away from all of this. Um, I think Luke really believes it. I think Luke really 
hoped that it would that the good in him would mean that he won't bring him to the emperor and that he will just walk away now because I think Luke thinks he's not willing if Vader is not willing to take that step to kill him then Vader's out of options so that Vader will realize this and come around um and may, maybe you know I think that's what Luke hopes maybe not believes I think he believes there's good in him and I think he hopes that he can just put a stop to all of this right now and I really interpret the the come with me is that Luke has kind of accepted this is this is not a physical battle I am I am not a warrior my my point in facing my father is to have an emotional confrontation mm-hmm. and look if Palpatine's on the Death Star my friends in the rebellion will take him out I just want to take us away from this. We don't have to be at war. We don't have to fight. You know, uh, Ray really has that with with uh, Kylo of like, I'll turn Ben uh, back to the light and then we can kick the First Order's ass together because, you know, she's a little younger. She's in a different place there. And I think Luke is really taking that challenge of, uh, why don't we just, this is going to play out without us. Let's just step away. And And I think it has this rhythm to what, what Padme says too of like, just, you know, she's mm-hmm. not saying, you know, come back and, and kick <laughs> Palpatine's ass either. She's not like he, Hey, she made it an empire and I need your powers to kill him. Uh, this is very much about just uh, everybody put down your arms. Everybody put down your lightsabers. Let's just walk away. Okay. Yeah. I like that thing. And thinking about it, this idea too, of, of, of maybe Luke saying we got to We are, we are two big pieces on this board that can, maybe do bad things and it, it, we need to take ourselves off. Let's get out of here. Um, again, the idea of Luke just simply turning his back on the rebellion and his friends, you know, I, I don't necessarily think even he wants to do that, but that maybe this is part of it that he has to, I can, I can follow that train of thought there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think this is much more about his, his, you know, I, I love that line. We talked about underexamined lines, but you know, uh, Leia says that too of like, you know, if he can feel you just leave this place, right, I wish right. I could go with you. And and Luke says, no, you don't. You've always been strong, you know? Right. And I think there is this this acceptance that like Leia and, and Han, they, they're on a different path. They they need to do this. They are doing this. If they're in danger, I'll drop everything and protect them. I, just mm-hmm. like I did with Java. I will, I will drop everything. I will warn people. But then if you're coming for uh, my friends or innocents, I will swing the blade and I will save you for sure. But that's not what this moment is with Vader. It is, we don't need to do this. We don't need to be a part of, of this. We're, we don't, we can just put our lightsabers down and walk away. You know, mm-hmm. and I think he's introduced. It's almost like if, if if come with me from Vader's perspective in Empire is come with me. Let's kill the Emperor and take everything over. Luke is offering the opposite of like come with me and let's just um, sit down and talk. And put the lightsabers down. It's not about killing anybody. It's just about walking away. Yeah, and maybe a little thought of uh, you know, Emperor. The Emperor needs you to for this victory. So let's let's, and you might need me. Let's again pieces off the board. I like it, I, and I love you. I love you bringing in what he said to uh, Leia. What Leia said to him. She's kind of yeah, that makes sense. And it's her story. Her, the rebellion is her story, as George always said. So yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot to to pull from three mm-hmm. words, <laughs> and uh, and uh, just my opinion. It does, nobody has to agree, of course. That's 
my interpretation. And then we get to uh, what is, I think, a, a really big line for this scene, just for the scene itself, but also right now for us, uh, all all of us Star Wars canon hounds wondering about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Uh, Vader is facing away and quietly says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. So you talked about loving this uh, scene as a as a kid. How has that this line evolved for you from seeing it before the prequels, then after the prequels, and now heading into this, you know, confirmed rematch between Vader and Obi-Wan? How has it changed over time? It's just gotten more and more and more important, but it's always had the weight of what was was and whatever happened to Vader, this creature in a mask that you know, I, I grew up with, uh, a lot of us did, and, and a lot of us wondering whether or not you read the novel or, or not about some molten lava confrontation and, and all those kind of things. Um, it's there. What, whatever he's referring to, and you can now insert, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 insert the trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. <laughs> you know, now, I'm sure there'll be a fan video later on, right, uh, of this moment. But it, it, this, uh, this has always spoken to his past and his feeling that he he's here because this is how it was su- supposed to go, and there's no t- there's no turning back from this. Obi Wan yeah. thought as you did, he's dead. I killed him, but it's done with a little sadness. It's definitely like you said it 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 is it's, it's a sad Vader. <laughs> it's a sad Vader moment. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where it started from, you know. Yeah, I think for me it just started as that that kind of uh, wistful. Look, kid, I know you are young and youthful and hopeful, but I have already been down this path. Somebody else has tried to turn me back, and it's not happening. And, I, it, you know, I think it's powerful that uh, Vader is turned away. He, he turns around it, uh, pretty quickly after saying it, but in that moment, it, it is slight. It is toward Luke, but it is also slightly, uh, you know, reflective. So I think it was always powerful, always thrilling and exciting you know, to know that, you know, before the prequels came out, to know that Obi-Wan was really firm in his conviction. Anakin is gone. Uh, but then we learn that, oh, but but there was a time that Obi-Wan didn't believe that. And it's just delivered really well. If Obi-Wan once thought as you do, just the way it's delivered implies an active encounter, not mm-hmm. just that, like, Obi-Wan <laughs> sent him an email saying, you know, I think you're still a good guy. You know, it, it's always had weight to it. Yeah, cue uh, Guns N' Roses' version of Live and Let Die right here. When we were talking, <laughs> your heart was an open book. Uh, it's kind of what he's saying to, to Luke as well. Uh, yeah, and, and obviously as it's grown, and this this line is great meaning, and I, and I we don't know for a fact, we do not know for a fact the, the, the details, the plots, the conversations that are going to be held in that Kenobi series. But now that we know we have this rematch, as you said, as Kathleen Kennedy said, the, the, the rematch of the century, I absolutely know it ties to this it just makes so much sense and it doesn't mean that this i did not grow up ever thinking seeing jedi and then seeing new hope and getting the whole picture and as i got a little older i never had great pause when he says obi-wan once thought as you do of going well wait a minute wait a minute did he actually say that in a new hope i don't think so and then the prequels come out I, you know it, it, it I, I never worried too much ma- too much about the connection i just envisioned more i was obsessed but the possibility of, of more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's exact same thing. I didn't think it was referencing, you know, anything that we had seen. It was referencing something, you know, akin to uh, mm-hmm. Leia remembering her mom and Luke saying, I have no memory of my mother and, and getting that. Like, there was a really interesting story that happened there. Yeah. When when you saw the prequels and our, our journey with the prequels is well documented that like many people of our generation, we struggled with parts of them when they first came out and came around to really uh, loving them. Um did how did you feel about this line? Did you feel after Revenge of the Sith that that Obi Wan had had uh, done anything to earn this line in the prequels? Overall, yes. Overall, I'll say yes. Again, not to get so you know into the this word means this or like that. And and uh, there's even been some folks in our discords that have pointed out that uh, you know in New Hope when I last left you, I was you know but the learner now and the master could definitely tie to their final moments as friends in revenge of the Sith before they go both off on their separate and on their separate missions. And I, I think that's a really good insight. Yeah. I think I'm there for that. I do think that you could say in new hope Vader was perhaps referring to that. Um, But in watching revenge of Sith, I didn't come out of the theater and go, well, they didn't pay off that return of the Jedi line. Tell you that much Um, because the spirit of it is there and whether or not George in his, notepads of uh, of his imaginations was like, no, there is one more confrontation. I just didn't get a chance to tell that story. Whether or not he thought that or not, I think the Mustafar sequence does a good enough job to capture the spirit of this. Yeah, I think that, yeah, for the spirit of Kenobi, what I thought was he, he obviously, Yoda accepts it so fast. Yoda, in fact, mm-hmm. figures it out, you know, and Obi-Wan needs to see it and then still is wrestling with it so much. And he's definitely, you know, upset as he as he comes off the Naboo ship. Um, but he's he's trying to get through to Anakin very, very briefly. He's not he's not trying in the same way Luke is. Right. Uh, and, and he gets to that point of, you know, if, if you're going to deal in absolutes that then that's who you are. That's that's this is the path you've chosen. And, and I will, you know, do my responsibility to stop you from hurting other people, even though I don't want to. You know, so Obi-Wan is heated, I think, uh, and obviously in his own emotions as well. uh, But he is hoping that this is not who Anakin has become. Uh, So I kind of felt like, yeah, no, there's so much in Revenge of the Sith that, yeah, Luke has played with it a little bit. Um, You know, now we kind of have the in canon. uh, A lot of us had head canon. Now it's been, you know, floated other places that, yeah, Luke has a a, a force memory, a, a vision of her mother. And that's what she was referring to in Return of the Jedi. You know, little things that, uh, that didn't match up. So I always felt like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's uh, Obi-Wan once thought as you do was Vader reflecting on those those brief moments on Mustafar where he, he was hoping to get through to him. Mm-hmm. But that didn't quite marry to the way I felt when I was a kid, which is what I felt like Vader was saying was exactly this, coming to me uh, unarmed with compassion, saying, please, I know you're good. Please, let go of the hate. Come with me, please. I, I had always pictured that Obi-Wan did something like that, like more one for one to what Luke is doing in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what's always made me really excited for this possibility that. That when uh, Kathleen Kennedy says rematch, there'll probably be a big, cool fight. Uh, yeah. But more important to me, it is an emotional rematch. It is Obi-Wan trying to get through to Vader maybe getting close uh, to reaching Anakin and that, you know, that's what Vader is thinking about in this scene as he says this. 
Yeah, the the moments in which Vader is shown compassion, we don't have a lot of them by other people. Um, I mean, I mean Vader, not Anakin, but the Ahsoka moment in, in Rebels. I mean, it 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 messes with him to me. I always it, it gets him. Um, and I think it's you're so right to to this part of the conversation needs to be paired with "Come with me" and all the things you're saying. It the 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 I made the joke earlier about I've I'm armed with the power of love. Well, that yeah, it, it this is. Luke in that moment. Um, and so, yes, for Obi-Wan to go give it one more college try, not screaming at him on a fiery beach, but Hey, Hey buddy, are you in there? I feel you're in there. Let's, let's, let's put this down, man. Don't be part of this anymore. That I absolutely believe that that's what's in, in, uh, invaders mind. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, Obi-Wan saying, you know, it's not too late to make a different choice. And, you know, we'll talk a lot more about speculation for that Obi-Wan show. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing about this moment that I really like is we've had moments in this scene where they they are testing one another and uh, pushing against one another. There's something about the way Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. That sounds introspective. I think it's, you know, partially because he's he's facing away and it's it's not an attack line on Luke. It's just It's just information. It's just like... Hey, your uh, your mentor, your father figure, the one who you built your lightsaber to look like theirs instead of mine. Uh, he tried this once too, and it didn't work. It, it it's not going to work. But from Luke's perspective, you know, Luke's walking into this uh, this walkway of doubt, going, "I don't agree with Obi Wan. I believe my father is still in there. He's not just Vader. I believe Anakin is still there." And it, it's that exact faith that's being tested. Mm-hmm. So I think without Vader really trying, he's kind of scoring a hit on Luke of, you know, Obi-Wan didn't just think that because he's pissed or angry. Obi-Wan tried to get through to me and it didn't work. And that's why he believes you should just kill me. Vader doesn't know that he's saying that to Luke. Mm-hmm. But that's what Luke has to be receiving, right? Of like, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan tried before he came to the conclusion that you just needed to die. Ooh, yeah, love that. Love that idea of this uh, slow uh, confessional dashboard confessional moment. <laughs> Vader is, is is inadvertently telling Luke, uh, "I guess I got to kill him." That's powerful. I love that. I love that take. Yeah, oh, that that is such a great uh, great conversation about that one line, and I'm sure it's going to be the line uh, that a lot of us discuss uh, for the next several years uh, as we wait. <laughs> for that Obi-Wan Kenobi show. But the scene continues, and so do we. Uh, Pretty quickly after this introspective moment, Vader turns back to Luke and says uh, much more uh, firmly and forcefully, you don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. This is one that fans have uh, loved to have fun, headcanon discussions about what exactly that means. Uh, What does it mean to you? Uh, Why must he obey? And what power is holding him back from uh, from leaving with Luke. It, it's, it so interesting growing up focusing on, you don't know the power of the dark side because I see that, you know, in, in my younger days as lightning bolts and domination and uh, will you fall to the dark side? And, and even Yoda saying, is the dark side more powerful? No, 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 just quicker, easier, more seductive. All those kind of things that Derek, not, not not saying are good. Dark side, dark side equals not good. But in the pamphlet of "Do you want to join the dark side?" Uh, these are all reasons to do it. Power, 
unlimited power. I've always overlooked or always did the I must obey my master part and how nowadays this line reads to me, I think, as it's intended now. Uh, talk about things come to you when, you when 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 you need to hear them in Star Wars. This is such a sad line. It's it's tragic. This is the tragedy. He cannot escape. I must obey him. He's locked me in here. I can't do anything about it. And on the heels of what he just said, what you said, this quiet Obi Wan once thought as you did. Flip around on it. You do not understand why I'm in here. You do not understand. And I can't, I can't leave it. I'm dead. Not, I, 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 you can't turn me because I'm so happy that I have this cape and red blade and power. You can't turn me because I'm, I'm dead already. Yeah. That is very powerful stuff. Um, I think, it, it, you know, I try to kind of break these down so we can uh, focus on bits and pieces, but I think you're really right to recognize uh, the flow <laughs> of this uh, three and a half minute scene. Uh, going right from Obi-Wan once thought as you do, let me tell you why he was wrong. Let me tell you why you are wrong. Mm. You don't know the power of the dark side. Uh, and I think that is just a simple way to say it, it, the belief in the dark side is that anger is the path to uh, unlimited power and, you know, and a part of the cycle of the dark side is you fear to lose that power. And I, I think a part of it is just as, as simple as saying, uh, I, you know, the, the, the Jedi are weak and I can't give up my power. It, 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 I am, I am afraid to lose it. If I give up the dark side, I give up everything. And it's sort of the, the it, it, this is one of those parts that makes me feel like Vader is gotten to that point where he's aware of the choice, where he's aware, like, I have opted into this cycle of needing to hold on to my anger and being afraid of losing it. And then that only making me more angry. I recognize that I have stepped into this endless circle of pain uh, and I can't step out of it. Um, and the, I must obey my master. You know, I, there, there's fun theories that we've talked about where people have of, you know, uh, literally Palpatine has uh, bonded his life to Vader's and some uh, dark side force magic. And I, that stuff is all fascinating. If somebody ever, you know, in, in canon tells that story, I'd be, I'd be really intrigued by it, but just reading it more like you're talking about it as utter, utter choice. It is, is you're saying it's just so sad of just unlike the Vader of empire where he's like, I'll get my son to join me. He'll be so powerful. Even the emperor thinks he's powerful and will kill him i won't walk away from the dark side i'll keep my power and my son and i will be together in the dark side and i'll finally have what i want which is like total freedom and power and now he's just he's he, palpatine has broken to him to the point where i think i must obey my master is just he it, it, vader believing that palpatine truly can't be defeated mm -hmm. yeah i i take that i take this as 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 a concession a little bit of concession from vader to luke it's almost as if he said, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. And you know what? There might be some good, good in me. In another world, maybe you both are right, but you don't know what you're up against. I've already lost. There's no hope. Yeah. Yeah. There's no hope. That is, it's, a, it's a good one uh, for Vader to just turn around and say, there is no hope. Uh, Luke counters uh, by saying, I will not turn and you'll be forced to kill me. 
Vader responds, if that is your destiny. Uh, Vader always has a lot to say about Luke's destiny. How does this one read to you? One thought I have, there's probably obviously a lot to have. One thought I had is that Vader kind of needs to believe in this kind of destiny. Uh, if you die, you die. And, you know, that's kind of what was supposed to happen then, Luke. Because it's, uh, is it a comfort for Vader? There's no escaping that idea of destiny. You and I have to keep, keep going back to this idea of uh, there's a massive amount of choice still within destiny but we are often sold in these fantasy stories or a lot of modern stories and ancient stories of you are destined to be this pick up the sword you're the king there's still a lot of choices to get there and for vader someone whose own choices cost him as he just admitted for him to kind of write luke off away and a little write him off in the sense of like you know all right I guess I'll have to kill my son, but there was no other way to look at it. That's destiny. If that's what's supposed to happen, that's what's supposed to happen. I can't escape that just like I couldn't escape how I got here. Yeah, I think uh, I totally agree with you. I think this is a moment of as much as Vader is uh, wrestling with the the truth of his situation. I think this is a, a moment of absolving himself of responsibility of very, very similar. This one really has great rhythm to me uh, with Kylo's scene with Rey on the Death Star 2 where he's saying, you know, the the dark side is in our nature uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, w- what was I supposed to do? And and you're the same. You know, it's going to happen to you. We, we don't really have uh, a choice. It's just, it's destiny. You know, I think it's it's one of the, you know, parts of the sickness of the dark side is to, you know, claim you want such power but then also let yourself off the hook of like, well, that's, I mean, that's your choice, you know, and uh, I can't make a different choice. I can't, I can't make the choice to not kill you. You know, if you make me make that choice, then you made that choice, not yep. me, <laughs> you know? <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, it, it's really great that this scene comes to just as very practical of like, they're talking about all these big ideas, but it's just, you know, as simple as I'm not going to turn. And you're going to have to kill me. And Vader kind of saying like, yeah, uh, I will. I won't take personal. I'll blame you for it, but I will do that. Uh, which is uh, uh, not, not great. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And I love, I love, I love you connected to, to, to Kylo. It's, it's the, the ongoing lesson of star Wars. The reason we have these, these myths, man. Um, uh, and, and, and it would be, it would be the villains going, what am I going to do? What can you do? There's a tidal wave of evil out there. Might as well just surf it all into the shore instead of fighting against it. You know, it, that that should be a reoccurring, uh, recurring theme in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then Luke makes his, his final pitch, showing a lot of confidence. He is uh, walking closer to Vader, closes the distance and says, Search your feelings, Father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. Uh, then Vader says, quite softly, it is too late for me, son. Mm. is this vader's most honest moment why does he say this so gently i i hundred percent hundred percent hundred percent think uh this is vader's most honest moment he's got we've already discussed a little bit of confessions have, have already been uh, laid on the table the way he says it the softness the use of the word son in a almost loving sense <laughs> if there's love to be found here between these two yeah and it can and kind of confirms some of the thoughts we've had here in my mind. Uh, you know, everything's again. Vader's probably heard exactly these words, other than maybe father. 
search your feelings. And again, you can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. He's heard that. We, we heard versions of it. Uh, we heard all of those. Uh, Palpatine's the only one who's like, no, grab hold of it because that will save everything you love. And here it is again. And I, I go again to the Rebels moment. Ahsoka sees the eye of Anakin, hears his voice for a second, is kind of getting to him. There's a beat. There's a beat where he's like, oh, yeah, yeah God, I did this to myself. And it's too late. It's too late. So it, it ties to that to me as well. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it is the, the sun is really affecting, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a, it's a big moment that um, when Luke in the beginning of the scene says father, right. And that's mm-hmm. a kind of a moment of confidence from, from Luke of like, I'm not afraid of the truth that like I was before, like that you are uh, my father, that Anakin, that the best part of you is my father. Uh, so then to have that sort of echoed with the sun, uh, it feels like it's the first time that Vader is letting himself see Luke not as a an asset, you know, mm-hmm. not as uh, somebody to either be turned against him or turned against Palpatine, to be stopped as a rebel, to be, you know, used as a tool to defeat uh, Palpatine, but just as like, yeah, my son, it, it lands really, really hard and has a great weight. But the, it is too late for me. Um, it is that that's the main thing that really makes me feel like Vader is acknowledging that he made a choice Mm -hmm. that he got into this, this cycle of the dark side that Mm -hmm. he accepted it and that he can't turn back from it now, which seems to just really be acknowledging choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that also to me has that great, great rhythm of that same scene with, uh, with Kylo and Ray, which is so close to when, when Kylo, uh, makes the turn back to Ben, uh, where he is saying to Ray, you wanted to prove to my mother, to Leia, that you were a Jedi and, you know, you failed. Uh, and you can't go back to her now, just, just like I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, paraphrasing there. But that it's such a great insight into the nature of the dark side that, you know, a lot of dark siders and even some of our heroes seem to believe once you start down that path, that's it. Because uh, you're in this horrific cycle. And it's and it's amazing to see both Vader and then years later, Kylo be able to walk up to the point of acknowledging it as a choice and having like in Kylo's uh, case a concrete reason that he can't go back. And you could even make that argument for Vader of like it's too late. Like uh, yeah, I can't. You know why is it too late from Vader's perspective? Is it? Is it because he doesn't have the strength anymore? Is it because anything that, you know, it's too late to have corrected any of the mistakes he made or he, he doesn't have the strength, you know, exactly why he thinks it's too late, but it's still this sort of concrete reason that he can't turn back. He acknowledges it as a choice, but he can't make a different one. Well, it's, it, this scene is a, is a little bit of a breakdown of Vader, right? This is, Look, just kind of going through what he's saying here, you know. Uh, he, the Emperor's been expecting you. You're a powerful tool, just like we thought. Oh, you built your lightsaber. Oh, you're a Jedi now. You don't understand what you're up against. And, uh, you know, uh, you don't understand the power of the dark side. Obi-Wan once thought of you did. There's, it, it ain't, I'm no, there's no coming back. And it all tumbles. It keeps tumbling down to this moment for me where he's just like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. And nothing's going to change it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a validation that, you know, Luke walked into this, uh, this walkway, uh, with, with hope and with conviction. 
And it is a sort of validation of the lines that Luke just said of like, I feel the conflict within you, let go of your hate. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I think by saying it's too late for me, son, there's a little bit of acknowledgement of like, even if there is conflict, uh, I, I can't let go of the anger. You know, I, I've been living with it for so long. Uh, you know, w- what am I if I let go of it? You know, I've got nothing if I let go of it. It's not going to happen. You're kind of right, kid. You're kind of right, son. But uh, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, well, it ties into the idea of this. The, you, you and I always talk about the Sith. This the, They represent not letting go. And the Palpatine coming back is they, they can't even let go of death. And the Jedi, you know, peace and purpose, they they float away into their next chapter of living. Well, now it's like Sith here, like Anakin, uh, Vader, excuse me, he can't he can't even let go of what he is now, even though he wants to. He has such a fear of what what happens tomorrow when you wake up and you're not this anymore. That's something we all face, right? If, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I've always loved the Helen Hunt moment and for as good as it gets where her greatest fear is that her son gets healed. What What am I without me having to care about my son? I'm left with me. I got to start dating and find a life or what? who am I? I don't know. I can't even go have fun. That's why she breaks down on that great scene for me. Yes, I make it as good as it gets reference in Star Wars podcast. But this, it's it, it's it's a little bit of that of like he's got that fear, the 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 fear Yoda and all these Jedi are talking about is that kind of stuff. He's not, yeah. it's not, it's not braveness. It's not are you a coward or not? Uh, Vader will face the greatest monsters in the galaxy. We've seen that in the comics. He knows that. Uh, it's it's the fear of what would be next. You're you you're right, Luke. I there, there's conflict within me. I would love to save you. I'd love to go walk away. But what will I be without this? I don't even know anymore, and I can't comprehend it. It's too late. I can't escape it. It's fear. Yeah. yeah. Helen Hunt and Darth Vader both fear what hasn't happened yet, but can't be faced. It's the yeah. the unknown and the the possibility of this bad thing around the corner is yeah. is terrifying you know yeah. and, and that and that, that goes back to to how anakin fell he was he was afraid of a thing that might happen with padme yeah and 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 the, sometimes the burden be, that you carry becomes you right and and what are you without that burden and 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 you're right tying it to um we must love and, and but but you know the, the, the attachment's gonna destroy all those kind of things we can talk about revenge of the sith another time but yeah yeah uh, so great, great uh, analysis. Uh, I actually think your Helen Hunt comparison is great, uh, spot on. Uh, but we go from this this very gentle, very uh, honest for Vader. It is too late for me, son. And the tenderness quickly disappears. Uh, Vader gestures, a door hisses open, and uh, troopers march out. And Vader says, the Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Uh, at this point, to Vader, what is the true nature of the Force? What What is it that the emperor is going to teach Luke in Vader's mind that, that will make Luke get it of like, I can't just walk away from this. You don't understand the force. The emperor is going to show it to you. First of all, I think Vader's he's uh, puffing his chest up a little bit here. He's a little, little bluffing for me, a little bluffing and everything has just gone down. You know, I'm so sorry, but you know what? Screw you kid. Emperor's going <laughs> to tell you the truth. But what is his perspective on the force? This is the chosen one, right? Destiny. This you mentioned. It. He keeps going to destiny. We keep talking about he. He's he uh, loves this idea. Has to love this idea of I. I. You want to start on your path. You can't change. Trust me. Trust me. I've tried. I've tried. He's got to believe that stuff. Is that what he believes the true nature of the force is? Because he's 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 felt the good side, 
is the dark side more real to him? No, I don't, I, I don't know. I think maybe that's what he's, does it represent just that? Your, this is your destiny. That is what the, for, the force is all about taking you to where you need to be. Um, uh, trust me, I've been there before. I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're now the chosen one, not for the prophecy, but you're the chosen one by Palpatine and the force. To, this is what's going to happen. And, and, and believe me, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there is this real, the, the, he is your master now, right? There is just this real practical, like mm. uh, he is more powerful than, than all of us. The, he, he foresaw that you could destroy him. Uh, and I believe that you are as powerful as he has foreseen, but I still don't think that's going to be enough. I think there is this real conviction in the uh, the argument about which is stronger, the the dark side or the light. Uh, there's a conviction from Vader that the dark side is stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Yoda makes the argument that it is not stronger; it is a, a you know quicker, easier, more seductive. Um, but I think it it almost gets down to this: just a uh, you know uh, the this from a certain boy point of view, though, what you take in with the cave with you. Uh, this you can look at life as and see you know death and pain and uh people die and that that death gives birth to the new and that's the the jedi say that is the natural cycle of things and we have to do our best to uh protect people while also just acknowledging that sometimes bad things do happen and and the sith just see that all as it's conflict and violence and power and domination they're like they're looking at the same events they're looking at you know the force is this dynamic, constantly changing thing. And the Sith just see that is that's confirmation that everything is violence. Everything is power. Everything is, uh, dominance or subservience. And that's why the Jedi are fools. It's nice that you want to see the, the nature of the force in this beautiful flowing way uh, you know, let go, accept loss. It's nice that you want to see things that way, but that way is wrong. Mm. You're a fool. You're an idiot. Sorry, son. Mm. Uh, and you're going to see that your friends are going to die. Everybody you love is going to die. The only way you can maybe stop it is through having lots of power and controlling it. That's the true nature of things. And, and I feel like it's almost like Vader after this moment of, uh, of weakness from his perspective, uh, of acknowledging the choice is kind of reaffirming like, but this is the truth of it. The dark side is more powerful. Even if I, you know, sometimes wish I had made different choices and, and could have got things to work out differently. I still do believe the dark side is more powerful. Yeah. So if I, so I made this note uh, yesterday uh, and uh, I was looking, reading it going like, wait, what did I mean by that? And then hearing you describe, <laughs> describe it, I was like, oh, that's right. I put the, the, the true nature of the force to Vader in this moment is like a square peg being rammed into a circle in your soul. <laughs> Where the force will go in as a circle if you uh, meet it there and let it guide you in all these wonderful things that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Quinlan Voss and everyone will tell you. But if you want to grab the force as this power because you have a hole in your soul that's in the shape of a circle. It's going to be this square that you will, it will never fill the hole and you're going to, all these things are going to squeeze into there. Uh, it's kind of what I meant, uh, in my own notes. So yeah, uh, it's not quite the hell in the hunt example, but, uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. They, you know, they, the Jedi would see like, well, maybe, maybe we need to, uh, change something or evolve something. Maybe, maybe that, 
maybe that piece, maybe that circle piece isn't supposed to be there. And I thought yeah. it was in the dark side, like, no, it's conflict. <laughs> Ram it in. Force it in. This is, this is now how I'm going to imagine Vader and Palpatine spending their free time together. It's just uh, yeah. force torturing toys that, uh, to make them do things they're not meant to do <laughs> on natural C and say, um, so then uh, Luke responds, uh, returning to his uh, kind of original argument that Anakin and Vader are indeed different. And he says, then my father is truly dead. At this point for Luke, how badly has this gone compared to his hope? What do you think Luke's thoughts might be as he leaves? I, I think true to his, his character in this movie, movie and in these, the, these moments, I, I don't know if he's ever... I don't think he's truly given it up, but it might be a little pep talk. Hear me out. It might be like, all right, then maybe Obi-Wan is right. And I've got to kill this man in front of me because it ain't my father. He already killed him. Um, Again, is it, is it revenge? Remember, it was going to be a revenge of the Jedi, but yeah, Jedi don't do that. So it might be a little bit of a, I've got, all right, I've tried. I've got to face the truth. I got to be prepared for that truth. But then he's to me, Luke has uh, when when you get in front of Palpatine, there's still uh, he's still fighting for it. You know what I mean? He hasn't given up. I don't think he ever gives up. Clearly, clearly doesn't give up. But I think in this moment, based on the conversation, what are you going to say at this point? You know, I I just can't I can't keep ramming my head against this wall. All right, my father's truly dead, and uh, I got to make the next choice based on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think he still has hope, but I think there is uh, a little bit of, you know, exactly as you're saying, he, he's wrestling with the Obi-Wan question of, is my father still there? I think he, he believes it. Uh, I think he still has hope for it as he leaves here, but it is the, I am extending my hand. I'm asking you to, to you know, try to, to push back against the hate and you won't, you're telling me it's pointless to even try then the good man who I believe is my father, you know, if, if you won't access that part of yourself, then I, I can't help you. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, so I think for Luke at the end of this, he, he's not, he certainly isn't, I think without hope, but I do almost feel like there is this little shift here of, he, he definitely saw some moments of, of weakness, uh, in Vader's resolve. And he felt hope for Anakin, as he says, he feels the conflict within him, but I don't think it went as well as Luke hoped it was going to, you know, uh, I think he didn't walk away. He immediately threatened Han and Leia. The discovery of Leia is, uh, at risk. Um, he is bringing him to the emperor. So I feel like there is a shift to Luke want, absolutely wants to turn his father back to the light. But his his agenda is also, I won't turn no matter what. And it almost feels like as he 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 made this choice, he put his head in the uh, Sith lion's mouth, and I have to think that's where his thoughts are going a little bit. Of like, but if I'm wrong and my father truly won't won't turn, then I just need to focus my resolve on I'm willing to die. I won't turn. I won't follow in his footsteps. Right. Yeah. Uh, which now becomes part of the 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 tension and conflict with, with Palpatine, right? The whole, you want this thing and, and finally giving into that. That's, that's kind of the battle there. Yeah. 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 And as, uh, as the big scene ends, uh, Vader walks to the other side of the walkway and stares out at the forest, exactly where Luke had been staring out at the forest. What do you think Vader is thinking in this moment? Does, 
Does he have any hope? Uh, does he have specific fears? Has he just given up? What does he want to happen next? So I, I have, I have a couple different thoughts on this. I think there's part of me that he flips around. He's, he's lost in thought. We know even as recently as that short story in the Empire Strikes Back point of view book of the virgins and the force being kind of Vader's desires that Palpatine's feeling is his daydreams of conquering uh, Palpatine and ruling the galaxy with father, son, and maybe even mother, right? All those kind of things we, we know, these 20 years of scheming and dreaming and fighting with his boss. I think so there might be a little bit of Vader thinking man, is, is my moment coming to take down Palpatine? Can I, can I, you know, is he, is he failing? Well, that didn't go like I planned. <laughs> my son doesn't, seems like he doesn't want to go bad. Um, so I have that in my head. I just put some notes down of that is, is, is that, but, but, uh, but then in thinking about it even more, this seed, him looking out, we got the mask, got the cape, but he's looking out, he's taking a moment. By golly, if I don't believe that this connects to revenge of the Sith, with Anakin staring out, well, Vader, a maskless Vader, mm -hmm. staring out over Mustafar crying and and knowing that this is what I've done and I can't go back and and not, my, that circle in my whole soul is not being filled. And, and also a little bit of the Padme's ruminations moment where he's he's shedding some tears there too. But this ties to when when, when George says, I realized I had to go back and really tell more of the Vader story because you all thought he was cool <laughs> and, and he's a victim and it's his story, but the big powerful monster that, that is chopping people down um, and he's standing here intimidating Luke or whatever you thought. And you're seven in the theater and watching this, that guy's actually crying. I love this idea in my head now. <laughs> yeah. That, that Vader's crying in the mask. Yeah. He's crying. Yeah, I think this this scene for me is one of like the most um, it is so much about father and son. But this scene for me, with the benefit of the prequels, is this scene is so much of uh, Luke being uh, Padme's son. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think Vader's got to be feeling that of he, he is so resolute and so compassionate. And, and, you know, much like the Jedi try to be and Padme is often, uh, you know, times uh, almost a more successful Jedi. Than some of the Jedi of the prequel era of, I am absolutely firm in my convictions. You must do the right thing, you know. And, and if you don't, then then that's it. Then you know you'll have to kill me. I, I won't fight you. Not that Padme ever says that specifically, but she has that kind of resolute. I am absolutely firm on what is the correct path. And and if you won't work with me, then we got to go to whatever option B is. Um, but always from a, a point of uh, compassion and listening and trying to find the best way. And, you know, it feels like Luke is trying to do that. Like, let's just walk away. Let's just walk away. And then the power, that's what Padme said to him on Mustafar after he was weeping, which I think is a great, a great connection of saying, you know, I, I didn't want to believe any of this. You, you know, you don't need to go this way. Let's just leave. Let's just get out of here. Let's just let it just walk away from all of it. Um, that he must be feeling that, you know, I don't think he knows how to at this point process emotions other than anger and sadness and fear. So I think he is ruminating and, and, you know, processing those emotions as best as he can, you know, anger, fear, sadness, you know, not, not quite getting to uh, the light side. Maybe, maybe those tears are burning, uh, burning his scarred face in the helmet. I love that idea. Um, 
so that's a, my, how I how I feel kind of about his emotions, what might be going through his head. You know, maybe it is. Maybe he's playing the best ofs between like, okay, great, my son tried to get through to me. I'll add that to Obi Wan, Padme, Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> add it to the mixtape uh, of regret. Mm. But then, just on a real practical level, he he does seem to have totally given up on the notion of let's team up and kill Palpatine. Mm-hmm. That he is, you you are going to break, son, and he when you see mm-hmm. the truth yeah. of the force you're going to break you're going to go to the dark side he is your master now he doesn't say anything about and then the three of us will wipe out the rebellion there's no real talk of of from vader's perspective about he's going to fit into this you know mm-hmm. and, and this is me kind of going off the the scene but more the scene being informed by all the other storytelling we have now which is is this vader accepting his death you know is this vader going we did this dance where I said to him, like, hey, maybe there could be three of us. <laughs> right. And, which is not the the rule of two at all. And and Palpatine was like, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And it's he saying, like, no, I've committed to this. I know exactly what he's doing. I'm a broken down old half man and uh, who, who he thinks has failed him. I'm going to deliver my son to him. My son can't get away from it. He's going to turn him and he's going to kill me and fine, I'll be done. You know, is he getting to that point? Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that idea. I mean, it's, I don't like it. It's sad. <laughs> sad idea. No, I like a lot of, you know, it, it, it's, it's like he says out loud, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, which is, as we believe is a, a truth that connects to other storytelling. But now that we have the benefit of all the films in front of us, there's no way George intended this in, in, in writing this in the eighties, even though he had a little bit of the backstory in his, in his brain to me. Now at this moment, it's almost like he's turning, he's crying and in his head, he's saying, Padme once thought as he did mm. and how that's resonating and how that, um, that might lead to the, the kind of the thought process that you're talking about. I think you're so right. Like the, you know, I was talking about him planning or call, calling courage in himself to maybe this is my moment, but I, I think even more powerful than that is this idea of what you just said of just like, well, that didn't go like planned. Uh, I've definitely heard of the rule of two. Here we go. <laughs> yep. And you maybe I'm, maybe I'm ready to maybe. Yeah. It's- yeah, I mean, whatever's work. Uh, if he truly believes that Palpatine is unbeatable, then it's either Luke doesn't give in and, and Palpatine makes Vader kill him, or Luke does give in and the prospects probably aren't bright for him at that point. Right. So right. he is definitely looking out at, at a whole forest of sadness, I think. Yeah. yeah. And and some part of Anakin, you know, fighting back and, and asking, is is there any other choice? Is there any other choice? Which, of course... There is, which ends up being his great, his great triumph. So big picture, what do you think this scene is about? And now that we've kind of gone through it in depth, you know, trying to pull back and look at it big picture too. What do you think it's about? Uh, it's, it's still a, a version of cats in the cradle. Uh, it is, um, it is to me, it comes down to, I think this scene is about uh, choice. It's still about choice. Choice is powerful in star Wars. What you do, with um, what's in front of you and what's behind you. I think this is all that stuff on uh, play. This is an intersection in Vader's life. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a late in the game intersection, but well, you know, with four spirits, I guess you go on, but you know what I mean? All, a lot of roads have led to this moment, including his own thoughts of taking out Palpatine, including his daydreams, but also his, his, his pain. And then um, 
again for for Luke. He's chosen to come here. He's chosen to believe in hope. He's chosen to maybe even, you know, Obi-Wan, you might be wrong. Ah, maybe you're right. Now I've got to choose what to do next. Um, I think it's all about that. Yeah, no, I, I think a uh, choice versus destiny definitely, uh, you know, or, or just sort of destiny where you're where you're locked into your mm, yeah. your your choice. Uh, that Luke is really trying to offer Vader, like you have a choice, and Vader is basically saying, "No, I don't." You know, maybe I did once, you know, but I I certainly don't now. And the true nature of the Force is that you don't have a choice either. You're gonna break. We all break. Let's let's go. So there's that. Uh, I really think this big theme in Star Wars of of fear and hope being the real di- diametric opposites of, you know, I think Luke has that Obi-Wan conversation in his mind and he has real hope, real belief that there is good in his father. And I think there is that fear of, you know, what is Obi-Wan? What if Obi-Wan is right? And I think that comes mm-hmm. through in that final line of then, then my father is truly dead. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for Vader, he's all fear and, and he keeps being offered hope. And he, he can't allow it. He can't allow himself to have any, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps so big, big sorry, Star Wars yeah. themes. Yeah, sorry, no, sorry we, we are still recording remotely, folks. Yeah, no, just, you know, offered hope and you can't take it. It's pretty sad. Yeah, it is very sad. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's, it's one of the things that makes this uh, scene so powerful is that it is these big Star Wars themes. It is also just a real uh, effective father and son confrontation. They had that big physical battle uh, that was actually an, an emotional revelation in Empire Strikes Back. Now they have this conversation that has the threat of, of violence hanging over it, but it's totally just uh, a, a walk and talk about their emotions <laughs> about mm-hmm. one another and the nature of the Force and has all this great depth and these fun, deep, star wars canon nerd questions but also you, you can just pull back and just has this really great straightforward tension of luke thinks the most evil man in the galaxy could maybe still have some good in him is he right or is he not And the the yeah. whole scene is just that tension mm. and then they go to the main event that is exactly right uh speaking of the main event do you think that luke's argument here did contribute to Anakin's ultimate triumph. I, yes, 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 yes. I think to me, uh, there's a lot of things in here that probably contributed, but that, um, that one con- concession, that one moment of truth, which ends with the real sad, heartfelt son, because to me, it all is about Luke screaming father as he's being electrocuted to death by the dark side of the force, uh, by the man who is, um, inflicted pain on him for 20 years plus now. I, I think that more than anything contributes. It's in his head. It's in his brain. Um, there's probably some, it's not like in that moment, Vader pulled out a notepad of PowerPoint discussions. Well, you know, he did say this and this is it. No, it's son. It's father. That's what it's about. So that came out of this scene from, for Vader, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. A really good connection of literally the word father and, and what that, means uh to to vader um i also think luke getting him to that point of maybe kind of acknowledging that this is a choice it is too late for him son uh, and then seeing that luke was able to make this different choice that he started down the path of the dark side and he stopped himself mm. uh has got a really you sort of connect with this idea of 
of choice. You know, uh, if the dark side makes you think that you are locked in, you, you've made this choice and now that's it. You are in this cycle and everything is just about fear and dominance and power and anger. And you can't make a choice to get yourself out of that ever. Mm. Uh, Luke really introducing this idea of choice, demonstrating choice, leading, you know, Vader to to break down and, and, and Anakin to, you know, be allowed to to make a choice, and mm. make a different choice than he has for decades. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, it makes you th- it makes me think of uh, Kylo spending large portion of three movies saying I, I I can't I can't go back to my mother after what I've done and and she goes to him in, in a way to save him it's it's that kind of like uh uh when you don't you, you just can't comprehend the path in front of you and Vader Vader has seen it he knows he's been told the path he can't comprehend it maybe until this scene yeah yeah I also wonder if there is just it begins here and then he sees it a lot more in the throne room of yeah. you know Vader is so certain that the Jedi are weak and flawed and and it's, you know, it's the reason a lot of us do gravitate toward Luke and Return of the Jedi. He, you know, he certainly has his moments, uh, you know, he, he loses it and he almost kills his father. Uh, mm-hmm. He gives it to the, the fear of what might happen to Leia and he, he attacks. Uh, mm-hmm. But he spends so much time being so poised and so just resolute of I will not turn. I will not make this choice. You know, uh, I wonder if there is also that like just seeing his son be such a good Jedi <laughs> helps yeah. awaken something in him, you know? Totally. No, absolutely. I'm bored for that idea. Absolutely. When, when you're, you're, you're shown, you know, wow, look at that. They're doing what I couldn't do. What could I do to maybe meet them? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Luke Skywalker. That's what we get out of this. You did good. You did good, Luke Skywalker. Uh, I meant to write a fun wrap-up question, and it, it's it's it, maybe it's fun, but it ended up being kind of deep. Uh, Ken, if you had to be in a scene like this, uh, which position would you rather be in in real life? Uh, do you want to be the person convincing someone to let go of anger, or uh, like Luke is, or do you want to be the person being confronted like Vader is? Um, I, I look, I, I've been both. <laughs> um. I can't, I can't get the details. Uh, this weekend I was literally both. I was the uh, one part of it being told to let go of this, the anger. And then I had to go then carry that message to others. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I think, I think I, I think I'd rather be the one confronted because that leads to growth. And it's, yeah. it's great to pass, pass that uh, growth on. I love being a teacher. I love being a coach and a mentor. I love all that stuff, but um, there's something powerful about going, all right, I can be better. And then I'm going to choose to be better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you have taken the high road. You have taken the, the difficult challenge. I think they're both difficult. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Luke is showing such strength to say no one in the galaxy agrees with me. Maybe Yoda, he was kind of cryptic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's a really hard thing to be in. I was just like, I really have, I really have faith that 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 you can make a, a better choice, that you can let go of anger. You know, believing in someone that they can let go of anger is a is a hard thing to say to somebody who is absolutely gripped in anger. Mm. But it is, yeah, it is so hard to to see straight when you're truly angry. And you know, uh, I certainly have time in my life where I, I get angry to a point where it's hard for me to stop being angry. And that's always when the dark side makes sense to me. You know, because you're watching this, mm. and you're like. 
Luke, he's your son. He's right there. Come on. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and Padme all said the same thing. Why can't you let... And then when I get really angry myself, I'm like, oh, God, imagine living like that for 20 years. You can't see straight because you're so angry. And there's maybe a little voice, but you can't listen to it because you're just caught up in it. That is a, it's such a hard place to be in and it's such a hard place uh, to come back from. I think that's what gives this uh, scene uh, so much power to me. So uh, I, I'll, I will follow your high road example. I would rather be the angry person who, uh, who confronts things and grows. But boy, would it be easier to be the other person. <laughs> Take this weapon. Strike me down. <laughs> that sounds good some days. Yeah. Yeah. I do want that, Chief Palpatine. I do some days. Uh, any final thoughts on this big scene? We've talked about a lot of parts of it. Ah, man, I've been waiting to do this podcast since 1983. Uh, yeah, no, thank you, sir. Uh, love it. It's, it's, uh, this is a conversation of its time because I think a lot of people understandably are like Kenobi series, an old man in the desert and now Vader. What? And I think those are fair questions to ask, even if you're the a loyal, loyal, longtime Star Wars fan, like, uh, do we need to revisit this? I, 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 you don't need to read, you don't need to do anything in Star Wars storytelling. <laughs> you know, you, it's all a bonus from this point on. We're, it's free baseball to me. We're playing with house money and all the examples I can give you. Helen Hunt is here. Um, but I, I think this scene contains so much layers, so much history, so much lessons that I can't wait to get a little more of it in a, in a, in a series. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I think this is just one of the best scenes in uh, Return of the Jedi. It is so just powerful and emotional. And for the reason that we have it under the microscope right now, there's a million reasons to have it under the microscope uh, of Star Wars storytelling uh, discussion. But for right now, uh, Vader's acknowledgement that Obi-Wan once thought as you do, I'm, I'm really just excited to see that storytelling to see Kenobi truly have hope for Anakin and to truly try to make a difference. That's a rich and interesting story for me. And, you know, Star Wars storytelling is great because it's powerful as it comes out. And then particularly the Skywalker saga stuff is it, is it connects uh, to additional storytelling more often than not for me, it becomes more powerful. I find, you know, Luke blowing up the Death Star more powerful knowing everything that uh, the original Rogue One sacrificed to make that possible. That made, uh, you know, a movie I, I love for most of my life, A New Hope, even richer. And I think there's a good possibility that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will make this uh, walkway of doubt in that line even richer than it already is. I believe too. I believe. I believe. That is it. Our big look at the walkway of doubt. Ken, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter, my friends, at Force Center Pod. We are on Facebook. Like us there at Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram, YouTube Podcasts available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now Amazon Music. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Or, hey, just send us a tweet. Uh, tweet us to the world. Retweet us. Give us a like. Tell a friend. Get the word out about Force Center. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com for information on all the things I do. And you, Joseph. 
Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for my other podcast, Obsessed, for all sorts of different comedy adventures. Uh, on the front page of my website, there is a ticket link to an online New Year's Eve show I'm doing with my friends, uh, the Double Clicks, and some other great comedy and music people. Uh, I always love doing New Year's Eve shows, and I am happy to, you know, follow the flow of the force this year. It must be an online show and we will have fun doing it that way. So check that out if you're interested. Again, that website is josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Lieutenant Igar, and everyone else in this very important Star Wars scene, this has been Force Center. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.